Studio 6B. It's a Friday night. You know what that means. We'll see how long it takes to get off the rails on a Friday night with Slick Rick doing sports, Rick Delgado doing the news, Aaron Fran holding it down as always, and you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We're glad you're part of the show. 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Real America's Voice. Hope you had a great day today. Uh, President Trump was in Iowa today. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. Uh, we'll love do news. Iowa. We'll do sports. What'd you say? I said we love Iowa. <clears throat> oh, yeah, a great love. state. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Slick Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, Big D, on a Friday night. <laughs> yes, very nice. What do we call that? Uh, what do we call that design yeah. we have on tonight? I call it the Slick Rick Snake Inn. <laughs> Snake Inn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's pretty snazzy there. Did you Thank have an you. event today or something? Or uh, just, nope, just uh, rolling just like usual. Roll, roll. Actually, I he got, got out of bed today. like that. I got a break today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do you see the boots? Smoking. Brand new ones. You ain't seen them yet. Just rolling around <laughs> town like Slick Rick. There you go. Well, Mr. Delgado, how are you? <laughs> I'm not as good as him. No, you never are. Oh, wait a minute. I never are. Nobody is. I never are. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm never as slick as slick. You got big fans out there. Last night we had that run on that team, <laughs> We had right? one. I got Oof. one. I got one. She loved yeah. you. Oh. <laughs> Rick Flex- Delgado. Flexio. Flexio. Anytime she wants to know what time it is. I will check my watch. Oh, God, <laughs> this guy's pumped up already. <laughs> Kill me <Jeez>. now already. <laughs> what? Uh, what even is that's coming up tonight? Oh, I hope you're. Goodness. I hope you are not the subject of your own. What even I, is that? You know it what? Could, could be. I could be. Uh, that statement I, of which one, Rick? The one who does this? That could be a what even is that? <laughs> for that sure. Might, you know what? That might actually make an appearance on a future episode. We don't know. Oh, okay. we'll have to see. I'm you sure. Never, I, that, <laughs> that's the tape that's going to keep on rolling. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> you never know what's going to make an appearance at the O2. 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club. Exactly. Uh, If you missed it yesterday, you can watch it tomorrow morning on Breaking Point. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. uh, That's that's part of uh, what he's including Uh, in tomorrow morning show. We know what Delgado's going to be doing tomorrow morning with the popcorn. Mm. Great day. He'll be out with his friends. He'll be at the diner. Oh, look, look, I'm on TV. What time is it? Is it 8.01 yet? Oh, it's not on yet. Oh, 8.02. It's not on yet. Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, no, not really. <laughs> not really. No, so. All right. Uh, lots to get to. Rick will have the news. And what even is that tonight? Should to I be tease? Serious? Yes. To be, can, I, can I do what I always do, please? Uh, sure. Um, the show. <laughs> what is please. the uh, what's the basis of your what even is that, Rick? Oh well, I'm I'm, I'm very glad you asked me <laughs> yeah, that. Yes, Damon. I do. Every... It's so surprising. I didn't see that one coming. No, yes, not by a mile. Um. Oh <laughs> no! Here we go. Come on. See. <sighs> What? Here we go. What? Uh, that viewer last night says his wife's got you pegged already. With I don't the, even uh, know what she's talking about. Got to stop touching your nose. Oh, yep. So hot. And I wasn't going to be my first story, but now since that's obviously, um, there's <laughs> oh, a couple things that? I missed here. All I don't right. know if you guys missed this too. I, I missed a couple things here. Um, Chris Enlow over at the Blaze points out that the White House issues an odd response to a layup question on whether the cocaine could have belonged to the Bidens. Did you see this? I, yeah, I guess this was on the plane. That. Yeah. So the White House directly addressed accusations yesterday that the cocaine discovered at the White House belonged to the first family while they were en route to South Carolina so that Biden could talk about Bidenomics, which we played in the crazy town last night. A reporter asked Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates about former President Donald Trump's claim that the illicit drug belonged to President Joe Biden or first son, Hunter Biden. So the reporter says to him, are you willing to say that that's not the case, that they don't belong to them? 
the reporter asked. Which, when you, I'll just say it again. Are you willing to say that that's not the case, that they don't belong to them? Well, here's what the audio sounded like, and here's the answer to what you would think would be an easy one-worded question or a couple words. Yes, it's not. Maybe something like that. Oh, yes, we are. Well, it's not or something like that. But here's what we got. One more. Uh, you know, President, uh, former President Trump has made some pretty wild posts uh, recently on social media. Uh, one of them was that uh, the cocaine found in the White House was had belonged to either the president or his son. Are you willing to say that that's not the case, that they don't belong to them? I, I don't have uh, a response to that. because I don't have a response <laughs> to that. Really, it's a one-word answer. No, no, definitely not. Okay, three words. How can that be the response to that question? And then he brings up the Hatch Act. He yeah. wants to be careful on the Hatch Act. Yeah, and that's, you know what, I've seen stories about that, you know, all of a sudden the White House referencing, oh, you know, we don't want to violate the Hatch Act by talking about this. There's no, there, there is no connection between the Hatch Act and uh, Hunter Biden's cocaine in the White House. Right, the Hatch Act restricts people who work for the government from partaking in partisan-like activity, right? Right, right, while, while they're on the clock. Yeah. So what does that have to do with answering that question? <laughs> what does that have to do with answering that question? Can you say for can you at least say it's not Joe's and it's not Hunter's? Well, yes, of course we could say that it's not. We're right. disgusted by this and we have no idea where it came from. Exactly. That was a very good answer you gave, by the <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure I'm sure they Thank wish you. they could have that back. I don't know how denying that would somehow violate the Hatch Act. I, I would have to have someone explain that to me. Uh, because it could affect his campaign? Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's he's al he's already uh, siphoning off more support than anyone's ever seen for a president at this stage of his uh, his first term. Uh, so maybe something as simple as uh, you know getting caught lying about this might be the uh, final nail in the coffin. Maybe I don't know. What's amazing is the people, Corinne, and then this guy Bates. Their sole job is to be the spokesperson for the president. They are supposed to speak right. for the president, answer for the president. Like he tells them what to say. If you get a question on this, here's how you answer it. Right. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. They sit in their little strategy room there and say, okay, here's what we're going to probably be asked. Here's what we're going to say. You know you're going to be asked this, and your answer is, I don't have an answer to that. Because I don't know, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, might as well said that. <laughs> that would have been a much better answer. See, maybe Joe should take the questions. Yeah. Because we don't want to violate the Hatch Act. Huh? Now, I didn't, I didn't hear what came after that. If the reporter, of, well, of course, the reporter's never going to go, huh? What are you talking about? What's that have to do with it? Right. And push him on that. Now, the other thing that's kind of weird. Um, did you hear Kaylee McEnany no. on air talk about this? No. So she obviously worked for, knows this office very well, the press office obviously, mm -hmm. knows what it's like to go out there every day, knows what kind of information Corinne Jean-Pierre would be getting on a daily basis. Right. Maybe didn't experience, obviously, uh, no press secretary has probably experienced something like this happening in the White House. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but um, she went on TV and said, you know, this is really a simple answer. It doesn't belong to Hunter or Joe because they weren't there. Because they left on Friday... Uh, to go to Camp David, it's inconceivable. She said, "Quote: It's inconceivable to think that cocaine could sit for a 72-hour period." 
So I would rule them out at this point. So what do you think about that? Uh, that would be a good answer. But then again, we're talking about the Bidens. And uh, let's face it, uh, maybe somebody didn't get the memo that, hey, if you find any coke, don't call anybody, just get rid of it. But they didn't get rid of it. They called no. the hazmat team. Yeah, they called a the hazmat team. On Sunday. Which again. Hunter you, left on Friday for yeah. Camp David. Which means you can't hide this stuff. Once, you, once you've involved the authorities, such as a hazmat unit, people are just going to know. They're going to be like, Right, but what happens between unit? Friday and Sunday, right. though? Oh, you mean with it just sitting there? If yeah. he left Friday, how could it have sit there for 72 hours? I mean, for whatever, 48, 72 hours. Maybe because not many people go into the library where it was first um, reported to be. Yeah. As opposed to the highly trafficked area that they're trying to blame everybody, including visitors, on. So, you know what's another interesting part of this story? Yeah. What? As, I was, as, I was, uh, as I was perusing some, uh, some websites last evening, um, we were talking about ruling out different family members, right? It's like, okay, it's probably not Jill's because, you know, she's, she's, just, she's just a, you know, whatever. Doctor. Um, right. She, we, we ruled out the grandkids because they're grandkids. pharmacology, yeah. yes. Right. Um, and then I, I mentioned Ashley. And we're, well, it's Ashley. I mean, we know she's got some, some issues with leaving stuff in apartments, including uh, diaries. But could it be Ashley's cocaine? I bring this up now. Why? Because I reference a 2009 article in Variety that was also picked up by the New York Post. Based out of London, U.S. Vice President Joe Biden's daughter has allegedly been shown on a video snorting cocaine at a house party. Oh. The video purports to show Ashley Biden, 27, snorting lines of white powder at a party in her home state of Delaware. The White House was rocked yesterday, of course, by claims of the sir, uh, of uh, which surfaced days after Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, declared that the United States shared the blame for Me Mexico's violent drug wars. The New York Post said it had viewed about 90 seconds of the 43-minute video being offered for sale by an anonymous male acquaintance of Miss Biden. This seems to happen to this girl all the time. Uh, the video showed a woman resembling the vice president's daughter taking a red straw from, from her mouth, bending over a desk, inserting the straw into her nostril, and snorting lines of white powder. The woman then stands up and starts talking with other people in the room as a young man, identified as her boyfriend, watches from behind. Ouch. So, yeah, there's a video out there. And, of course, like I said, this story uh, comes from uh, Variety magazine, which also they wrote a story said Ashley Biden drugs and the real cause for outrage. They were trying to defend her drug use in, Vari in Vanity Fair, I should say. Well, sure. The media will try to cover for it. And then the law enforcement. I mean, no matter what this is, the bottom line is what we said yesterday. For, through forensic, Secret Service, FBI, whoever goes in there, yeah. they could have this solved in 30 minutes. There's got to be traces of it on the person. It's, I mean, it's, the forensics have got to lead to somebody. I mean, if they can... I mean, you know, the bottom line is they enforce the laws. They, wanna, they enforce the laws when they want to enforce them if, it's, if it fits their narrative. Right. But when it's, a, when it's the Biden regime, it just doesn't fit the narrative. So it's, oh, we'll never know. Yeah. We may never know. Look at all these roadblocks. If this was anyone with an R in front of them, especially if it was a Trump White House, they would have had it solved in 30 seconds and they would have already been... You know, Jack Smith would have been spending $2 million a month, unlike the million he's spending now, to harass the former president, right. which we found that out yesterday.
And what's insane is that they already know. This is almost like the, uh, the, the, the submersible thing. They already know the answer to whose, uh, whose cocaine this is because, like Bongino said, like a lot of people said, that place is covered with video cameras. The only people that can get in, you know, without going through those rigorous, uh, you know, um, security measures are family members. So now you've narrowed it to a very small scope of people. And then, of course, you lump off a few of those like Jill and, and the grandkids. And yeah. it's even smaller. Your suspect pool yeah. is about two or three. Right. So the fact that they can't sit there and be like, all right, just who walked into the library? All right. We know who it is. That's it. Right. That's all. That's it. Solved. I'm, I, I feel like I'm the greatest detective. Again, we can, we, can, we, can, yeah. we can trace down every single grandmother jaywalking on January 6th who walked into a public building in the <laughs> middle of the afternoon, took a picture, and left. Yeah. We can, find that, the, we can find that, but we can't find a pipe bomber. We can't find the Dobbs leaker. And now we can't find the cocaine addict in the White House. Yeah. Go figure. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Make sure you head over to livefromstudio6b.com right now. Sign up as a member. Get on the email list, livefromstudio6b.com. News and sports coming up when we get back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're a part of the show, as always. Slick Rick's going to be doing sports here in a second. Rick Delgado's got the news. What even is that coming up top of the hour, 9 p.m.? You don't want to miss that. Aaron and Fran holding it down, as always. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. And like I've been saying, go over to livefromstudio6b.com. Great merchandise, great shirts, sweatshirts, new stuff going up each and every week. But most importantly, just sign up at the website so you get on the mailing list. You become a member of the site. Some good things coming there over the next uh, six months as we get into election season. I'll be doing a lot of content over there as well. Uh, so it'll all be your one-stop shop for Live from Studio 6B stuff. will be over at livefromstudio6b.com. Make sure you go sign up. Uh, jobs numbers came out this morning. We'll get to that. Tucker Carlson was um, – who was he on with? He was on uh, his home with Russell Brand. Yes, Russell Brand. Oh, I've seen a little bit of it. I'll play a couple of clips of that for a, you as well. He's a very cheeky uh, comic. And then I want to follow – yes, he is. He's <laughs> brilliant, actually. He, he really is. We'll get to um, – a follow-up on something we talked about last night in regards to um, Levin's book and Bud Light and Target and all this. And we were talking about how, um, you know, there's more of us than them and all of this. And there's an article today from Thomas Lifson, four potent signs that we are winning the fight against woke corporate power. And it just couldn't be better timing on this because we just talked about this last night. So I want to get into what his, his thoughts are on that as well. And then I want to get into, as uh, if we have time, another big topic that we've talked about in this show a lot, and that is taking back the taking back the nomenclature, taking back the vocabulary, and how it's been weaponized against us. Uh, misinformation, the vocabulary of a culture that has lost its capacity to discuss the truth. Another very very important issue that we need to dig into. So we'll get into that uh, if we have time as well. But let's right now do some sports. 
The sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFSXP at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D, before I get into sports, I just want to give a shout-out to Real Green Bean Guy 24 in the Get It Chat. Uh, he sent me a picture last night. Actually, he's in the hospital. Oh, but, uh, oh. So he asked me if I could give him a shout-out, which I would. And he said, don't worry, I'll be back up and running soon. And he appreciates us. He says we're the real deal. So Real Green Bean Guy 24, give him some love in the chat. He's a good follower. I believe Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's a Penguins fan. He's always uh, hitting me up with that so good guy good follower and uh, we wish him well and yeah. it's friday night big d we got to go to the dinosaur roundup rodeo because we love our friday night rodeo and here we go from vernal utah here we go bareback riding jacob rain 84 points on legend rodeo stocks poker table uh steer wrestling we got a tie joshua hefner and tristan martin and tyler Wagasback three-way tie 4.1 seconds team roping coleman proctor and logan medlin 4.6 seconds saddle Bronk, Cash Wilson, 86 points on Powder River Rodeos, Cowboy Casino, like that one there, uh, Tie Down Roping, Brush Mitten, 7.8 seconds, Barrel Racing, Sue Smith, 17 and uh, 5 5 tenths. good score there, Bull Riding, we have no qualified rides as of yet this evening, and the total payout on this rodeo, $179,117, big D, and uh, well, here we go, we got, we're following this story very closely here with Britney Spears becoming big news, big D, no charges to be filed in Britney Spears' Webinyama incident. This is ESPN News reporting earlier today. No charges will be filed following a brief investigation into the altercation this week involving pop star Britney Spears, San Antonio Spears, excuse me, San Antonio Spurs rookie Victor Webinyama and a member of the player's security team, Las Vegas police said Friday. Spears had filed a police report alleging battery and saying she was struck by a security guard in the face as she tried to approach Webinyama near a restaurant at the Aria Hotel and Casino Wednesday. Wednesday night, according mm-hmm. to the yeah, you heard about this. This is becoming a big story. Well, I mean, there's yeah. some, dis, you know, there's obviously a dispute here. She's saying she tapped him on the shoulder. He's saying she, some woman grabbed him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't recognize her. I mean, just think about it, Big D. The man is 19 years old. Britney yeah. Spears hasn't had a hit in his entire lifetime, other than the one she took from the security guard. Let's be honest. So right there, that tells <laughs> well, you. Well, wouldn't something. it wouldn't it be bigger news if there was actually charge? How is this news at all if there's going to be no charges? It's pretty much over, right? Because yeah, they were talking about going to the DA. Apparently, the uh, San Antonio Spurs security team, who was a member of their security detail, spoke with the Britney Spears security team, and I guess they, they must have came to some kind of a oh. uh, agreement. Because this morning, earlier this morning, I saw it was going to possibly go to a DA. So, yeah, I know it's what Warren's name, Big D, come on, get with the pop culture. I, yeah, exactly. I know you're in the politics on. all day. Are you, take, yeah, are you pop, officially you know? taking over Sabrina's job now officially that she's done? I, I may have back? to. I, I may you have to. you do a little start, entertainment, too? If I start doing entertainment, forget the show, I'll be way off the rails, Big D. Okay. Way off the rails. Okay. All right, I got a couple other stories, including the it's the first day of the running of the Bulls. I'll get into that in my next sports segment. Michael Irvin lawsuit coming up and a couple other updates, Big D. That's a rapid sports back uh, We've you. had the running of the Bulls since January. <laughs> January 20th, 2021, <laughs> we've had the running of the bolts. Never stopped. So yeah, No doubt. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, Slick Rick. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends at earlytreatmentmeds.com. One word, earlytreatmentmeds. Use our promo code LFS6P at checkout. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I got an itch. It'll save you 50% off that <clears throat> early treatment pack. That uh, Well, this is good stuff. Check it out, earlytreatmentmeds.com. What's going on, Rick Delgado? All right. Well, we're talking about uh, the woke culture, of course. Uh, Arizona State University is jumping in as they're offering a brand-new Oceanic course, 
angled towards climate change, but will also train students in anti-racist practices. Yes, only from the ocean. The Ocean Futures course is the first class from the university's new school of Ocean Futures. Uh, it's the first time I've ever heard of Ocean Futures. It aims to equip future leaders, it says, and change makers with the knowledge and tools needed to understand an intertwined relationship between the ocean's health and human <laughs> outcomes. So... There you have it. It's, it's going to be very inclusive, as you can tell. Uh, they want to make sure that people, you know, are, are not harmed uh, by the climate change and the human activities that are harming the oceans. Climate change aside, Amy Moss, a professor who's teaching the course, said in a Q&A that the class will also focus on, you guessed it, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Where is this class? This is at Arizona State University. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sun Devils, right? Yes. So everybody can uh, take that class. They'll, they'll get to learn about the ocean and how diverse and <laughs> equity-filled it is and inclusive it is that everybody can suffer from drowning, everybody can get attacked by a shark, and everybody can get sand in the crack of their ass. So the ocean, so where's, the oceans, where's the ocean in Arizona? Yes. So the so oceans are equitable. Yes. The roads and bridges are racist. No, no, no. The oceans are racist. They're teaching you how to make the oceans not racist. Oh, oh. Yes. so the oceans and the roads and the bridges are all in the same. I okay. think I know where they were going with this story, but it's just the news, so I don't think they. Uh, you didn't they want to take the, Yeah, you didn't want to take the bait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to float any ideas out there. Absolutely right. not. Okay, got Sounds it. like a fish story to me all around. All right, this is good. All right, what else? Uh, what else leads the news tonight? <laughs> all right. Well, King Scoopers, or King Supers, I should say, uh, employee in Colorado was fired after he filmed three men stealing $500 worth of laundry detergent. Santia, uh, Santino Barola, a former military police officer. What? Santino Morella? No, no, Santino Barola. Oh, oh, I thought you said Santino Morella. No, Santino Barola, <laughs> okay. a former military police officer, filmed the three shoplifters stealing the items on Father's Day. Uh, the video shows the three men in the parking lot hastily transferring laundry detergent into a vehicle. Barola approaches the vehicle with his phone recording, playfully taunting the thieves. Look at them stealing, he says off, off camera. Really, bro? You got to resort to this? <laughs> Economy's not that bad. The shoplifters hopped in the car, drove away, but Barola's managers uh, to pull off the aluminum foil covering. Uh, Barola manages to pull off the aluminum aluminum foil covering of the license plate at no point does barola physically engage the shoppers what's the, the um just i'm just curious i'm just curious yes what's the uh what's the third story okay of the uh of so the it's laundering money <laughs> <laughs> no the, the, that's the the purpose the of this story, story the purpose behind of this, those two the story is because barola the security guy was fired from his job for supposedly violating the store's policy against chasing the thieves and intervening in a theft. Ah. So a guy trying to do the right thing oh. gets fired for doing the right thing. Okay. Okay, there we go. And, and somebody presenting the news about a guy doing the right thing is being treated like a jerk because he's doing the right thing. Bingo. Your mouth out so um, I think I want to say more news coming up. I'm not sure, though. But I think more news what? is coming up with Delgado. What even is that's coming up at 9 o'clock? Although it could be happening right now. I think, I think news has gone fishing.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a, well, you guessed it, Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> now, Fran tells me in the break that um, that uh, was a little too harsh on, on Delgado's news stories, yes. that, they, that he's actually a, was aware of one of them. Yeah. The uh, the laundry detergent one. He said big deal. Uh, the video. Yeah. yeah. Now, Slick Rick said, if I had if I had been able to um, <laughs> pre-screen, pre-screen these stories, then I would have bounced. <laughs> You bounced them. I would have bounced a couple of these laundry detergents. You snuggles Delgado over here. <laughs> but uh, Fran says but, now they're Fran says he saw that one. And so. they're legitimate news sources. Yes. I told you during the break, they're legitimate. <laughs> and especially after I read the story about the guy with the animal and the bestiality thing, I figured I'd want to keep it clean. Please, please. Please, please, <laughs> please let's not go back there. <laughs> All right, very good. I do want um, to follow up on that. Guy. Okay, no, no, uh, no, I don't want to know. Not today. Okay, good. Maybe I'll see. <laughs> Drown right. him out. I got one more. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's do some, let's, well, here we go. Let's do some more news Uh-oh. with Rick Delgado. All right. Well, following the discovery, now this is, this is a story both of you guys can get involved in, um, believe it or not. <laughs> following the discovery of cocaine at the White House over the weekend, bookies are getting involved in the action. Oh, yes. I like this one. And peg Hunter Biden as the odds-on favorite as the culprit. <laughs> Minus 10,000. <000. laughs> I'll, I'll read you the odds. Overseas sportsbook betline.ag uh, gives Hunter Biden. Let me guess. Let me guess. You're going to okay. say yeah. the number right now? Yeah. Um. And so what is the actual bet? That it's actually his? Yes. Okay. I'll bet it has to be minus... 4,500. No, not that much. I'm going to go minus 1,100. Well, they're saying plus 1,700, uh, plus seven, 170 odds as the owner. Plus 170? Yeah. That's not bad. Ah, that's a, good, that's a good bet. Placing him as the most likely wrongdoer among the listed suspects, which also appears to contain joke offenders peppered throughout the list. You want to hear some of the other offenders they think it could be? Yeah. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, tight end Travis Kelsey. Okay, what's he plus? He's at plus 800. <laughs> <laughs> we got the odds well, makers going on. He was outside. He wasn't, he wasn't ever inside. Right. Was he? In, I don't think he was, was outside. Big deal. Yeah. Let's go, odds makers. Uh, one of the Jonas Brothers carries a plus 1,000 odd. Okay, he wasn't even at the White House. So. Angelina Jolie garners uh, plus 1,400. Okay. President Biden <laughs> and his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, sit at the bottom of the pack with plus 15,000 and 10,000 odds, respectively. Well, how could that be? That doesn't, that, that makes, I those know. odds make, where's these odds from? That is from the site. How can Hunter Bet- Biden be plus money? He's but, almost a guarantee to be the one. Maybe it's because they're from the, the UK. They do things backwards over there. You know, they drive on the other side of the car. Yeah, the date, they have the day, was it the year in front of the day? Yeah, they do, they do the things weird. Another gambling site, sportsbetting.ag, another .ag carries the same suspects and lines as uh, Bet Online. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Bovada, a Costa Rica-based yeah. sports book. Oh. Slightly more generous to Hunter. Their favorite of minus 400. Okay, see, that makes more sense. Minus That's I said 400. Minus 450. That's what I said. Yeah, my, I, I would think it would even be higher than that. Is he's almost guaranteed to be the one. So well, you no. should... The, the, the way they did it here, their favorite is minus 400 odds at a tour group guest, followed by Hunter at plus 200. For the other one, Hunter was at plus 400, so they were slightly more generous. You said plus 700, the first one. Oh, 700. He shouldn't be plus anything. He should be minus. You would think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They list janitorial staff as behind Hunter at plus 1,000, followed by secret service agent plus 2,000. Okay. Uh, other other uh, culprits. 
such as uh, Tony Montana came in at plus 50,000. <laughs> and President Trump also included at plus 5,000 in terms of odds. So, okay, this is off the rails. This this wow. these odds. Yes. These are not really being offered, obviously, are they? No, they they're really being offered on these websites. These betting websites. Uh Bovada, I don't know if you ever heard of them. Of course. Yeah. Out of Costa Rica, they're offering those web the, those uh, those odds. Sportsbetting.ag and uh, betonline.ag are both offering the the odds we went over. All right. So there you have it. Wow. Look at that. Again. There's I'm your Hunter Biden cocaine news. odds makers for a Friday night. <laughs> Talk about a snow job. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, is that about well, it? it turns out Republicans are sounding in the alarm. <laughs> he thinks there's going to be another one. He's checking my news. <laughs> Republicans are sounding in the alarm over Ron DeSantis' sagging campaign. No. Yes, believe it or not, questions surrounding Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign strategy are multiplying as he continues to trail former President Trump in the polls nearly a month after his highly anticipated campaign launch. In a sign of just how concerned some of the governor's allies are, the spokesperson for a pro-DeSantis PAC never backed down recently referred to Trump as the runaway frontrunner in the primary and said DeSantis faces an uphill battle. Uh, one Republican uh, strategist. Well, that's not news to anybody. Everybody is an uphill battle against Trump. We everybody knows that. He he's raised the, the his fundraising numbers don't support that story. Just just as a side note, his his fundraising numbers do not support the thesis of that story at all. Well, it, it t- depends on where the money's coming from, right? If you're talking about big campaign, you know, connected donors like the Koch brothers and everything like that. Yeah, he's going to raise a lot of money. Um, But when it comes to, I guess, the poll numbers of who's doing well, it doesn't matter how much money people are giving you if people don't like you enough to pick you over the other guy. Well, uh, that's true. Um, But none of this is going to matter until we get to Iowa, quite frankly. And the DeSantis camp just dropped probably one of the best ads I've ever seen. Do you have it? I no. do. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I don't care. I don't care. I mean, the fact that it's his, it's his. But any candidate, these, the crux of this message, messaging in this ad, you watched the first couple minutes, I didn't, first minute or so, I didn't realize it was him until they got to the point where they say we found our fighter and they show a picture of him. But um, this is an ad. This is an ad that the Republican Party and every candidate needs to be taking the basic ideas of this and using it because this is going to hit home with a lot of people. Put this up, Aaron. Here we go. In America, we've witnessed a lot and put up with enough. You guys got to go. been forced into silence <laughs> into compliance told that we must trust the science indoor and outdoor venues should be closed we've been told that we must deny truth back down and look the other way Enough is enough. When you come after our kids, we fight back. 
because there's nothing we won't do to protect our children. They're not yours. These are our kids. Our nation's children are all our children. We will not allow you to exploit their innocence to advance your agenda. We are no longer silent. We are united. And we have finally found our fighter. did for us in Florida. Schools open, parents' rights defended, school choice universal, critical race theory prohibited, DEI stopped, child mutilation illegal, girls' sports saved, communities protected, our economy growing, and freedom guaranteed. But winning the fight in Florida is just the beginning. We must protect parents' rights and the innocence of our children. We must restore sanity in our society. We need every mama and every grandmama in every corner of the country to stand up and fight back by electing Ron DeSantis President of the United States of America. Join us by texting MAMAS to 512345. Yeah. So... That's as about as effective as that as I've seen in a long time. That's a great ad. Except, that is a fantastic ad. Yep. I would say except for the end. Great ad for suburban women. That's a big target. Big voters. That's exactly right. And the, and the point of it is, you don't, you don't even have to support Ron DeSantis. Put right. that aside. Again, take him out of the commercial yeah. and put anyone else in there. It still stands as one of the best ads I've ever seen for any Republican candidate. Um. And the point being, the biggest point of that is, if you look at every single thing they list in there, DEI prohibited. This, there's not another red state, a candidate out of a red state that can make that commercial. That's the problem. Right. You got you have red states that won't even don't won't even do what Florida has done when it comes to DEI, when it comes to school curriculum, when it comes to CRT, when it comes to these things, when it comes to girls and uh, boys and women's sports. You can't even make that ad if you're not the governor of Florida. That's the problem. How many days do you wake up and you forget that the Republicans even have the majority in the, in the House? Seriously. You ever think about it? Is there something you can go, oh, yeah. A well, couple times. A couple times you can say, man, good thing we had this majority. A couple times in six months. Well, I, I, you know what? I, I actually think we're, see, we're used to it now about finding out more and more that's coming out. Uh, about this investigation into the Hunter Biden thing and how it relates to Joe Biden and the shell companies and all that stuff. So I, I think we're not thinking about it every day, but I think we're seeing, we're seeing the results of it every day. Pieces, uh, pieces as, they, as they get cobbled together, so to speak. So you can say, oh, look, yeah, they're exposing this. They're also exposed that. They also expose this. Uh, I think that's a good part. But are there things that were, you know, make you jump out of bed and go, woohoo? Um, not yet. Yep. No impeachments. No impeachments on any, anywhere. Um, no, no, no funding cut. No spending cut. As a matter of fact, I just saw a thing. The Treasury issued $983 billion since the, since the, um, since the debt limit was raised. Debt ceiling was raised. So I get what you're saying, Delgado. Yeah, we have these we have these investigations, we have these whistleblowers, and we wouldn't have that again. We wouldn't have that 
But that's my point. A couple times you can go, hey, it's a good, good thing we have the majority. At least we're getting this. Right. But, we, but does anyone think for a second that the Democrats' agenda has been slowed down here? Does it feel like it has? No, it doesn't feel like it, no. Or does it feel like the, <laughs> the country's slipping farther and farther away? You look at what's going on with uh, Jack Smith and with, the, with President Trump. You see them turning the heat up there. Biden's guy, you have no idea where he's even at. Jack Smith spending a million dollars a month on the Trump thing. Uh, the Biden guy, I think, has spent 683000 in totality since he's had the case for what now? A year? Yeah, almost a year? Almost a year. Julie Kelly had the, um, I think, the Mar-a-Lago raid warrant that she was talking about. And just as we suspected, they were on a fishing expedition mm-hmm. over broad. Um, all the leaks still coming out. I mean, again, I, I don't know what the Trump team is doing. They're a lot smarter than any of us are. So, I, I mean, I could just tell you my f- thoughts on it. How have they not gone to the judge and asked for a gag order? I mean, there's this constant leaks coming out, leaks coming out, leaks coming out to the media, media with these stories, and no one has any idea where the Trump team's even at. And these continue to come out, continue to come out, continue to come out, and there seems to be, there's no call for a dismissal, there's no actions that I've heard that we've heard of, there's no nothing. I, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't understand what's going on. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. More news coming up. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Rick Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Friend holding it down on a Friday as always. So the jobs numbers came out this morning. And after everybody had built up their hopes that we we're going to get this great number because of the ADP report yesterday was a little higher, hotter than people expected. So they thought this job was going to be some knockout number. Uh, no, it's not a knockout number. Not only is it not a knockout number, but when you look at where the jobs are that are being created, guess where they are? Well, in government. So just what we need, more government. Uh, jobs mostly, 209,000 jobs created in June. But you look back to last month, and they've been doing this now almost every month of the year. They're playing shenanigans with these numbers. $100,000 revision down. On the previous two months, so 209,000 jobs created. You look at where they were created, 120,000 of them came in government or healthcare, which, um, I mean, those numbers, are, it's just a, you know, just a, a dumpster fire is what these numbers are. As they keep playing games with them. The editorial board over at Insights and Issues and Insights, as we've been also talking about, as Biden goes on this victory tour, taking Jimmy Carter-like policies and running them around the country, thinking people are somehow attaching themselves to them and that are happy with them, Biden's continuing boast about jobs is slowly coming undone. The lackluster jobs report released today 
which showed new jobs coming in around 50,000 below what economists had been projecting for June. And as the New York Times admits, suggests the economy is cooling, further undermines President Biden's claim that job growth has been stellar on his watch. We've pointed out how Biden is being purposefully deceptive when he brags about creating 13 million jobs. And honest accounting shows that the job games job gains to be more like 3.8 million. But what if even that altogether unimpressive number is also a wild exaggeration? Job growth is one of the only things Biden has to justify his reelection. He can't talk about inflation. It's still punishingly high. He can't talk about real wages. Well, they've been falling consistently. He can't talk about economic optimism. That's in the dumps for most people. He can't point to any poll about his handling of the economy. They all give him an F. He can't claim to have united the country, as our poll last weekend shows, so he plays up job creation. Biden keeps giving these speeches about Bidenomics in action. Bidenomics is working. He tweeted out a chart showing average monthly job growth in each of the past seven presidents with a caption that read, My administration has created more jobs in two years than any previous administration has created in four. It's no accident. It means our, con- our economic plan is working and it's only the beginning. This is the dictionary definition of lying with statistics. Data from Biden's own Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS, shows that 72% of the jobs the president brags about weren't created. They were simply reclaiming jobs lost during the pointless COVID lockdowns. In February 2020, before the lockdowns, jobs reached a new peak of 152.4 million, according to the BLS. By April 2020, that number had plunged to 130.4 million, 22.4 million less. When Trump left office nine months later, the economy had already reclaimed 12.5 million of those jobs. Under Biden, however, it took 17 months to reclaim the remaining 9.5 million jobs lost during the pointless lockdowns. That's nothing to brag about. Nor is it the fact that the economy has added 3. million jobs since then. Think about it. From February 2020 through June 2023, the working age population grew by 7.2 million people, or almost twice the number of new jobs. We are still way behind the proverbial, no pun intended, eight ball. <laughs> Even this mediocre jobs number, I get it. we now learn, is probably a wild exaggeration. Over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal published a story headline, Labor Market Head Fake. Key report could be overestimating job growth. The article notes that payroll data, the same data Biden uses to make his 13 million job boasts, might be vastly overcounting the number of actual jobs, with some economists saying the overestimate could be 77,000 per month. The BLS uses payroll data collected from a survey of more than 122,000 businesses and government agencies to calculate the number of jobs in the economy. The latest payroll data show a gain of 339,000 jobs in May which prompted Biden to rush out with a statement that today's a great day for the American economy and the American workers. Well, the BLS uses a separate survey of 60,000 households to calculate the unemployment rate. That survey showed a drop 
in employment of 310,000 in May, which pushed the unemployment rate up to 3.7%. Biden didn't mention that number. Why focus on one and not the other? Well, historically, economists consider the payroll survey a more reliable indicator of the labor market health, except at turning points in the economy. That's because the payroll survey doesn't include startups or businesses that have failed. So the BLS uses a birth-death model to fill the gap, which is fine when the economy is humming along and the number of startups and closures is close to about average. But this model can vastly overestimate quote-unquote births or new businesses and underestimate deaths when the economy turns south. In other words, a significant portion of the 3.7 million jobs under Biden could also be fiction, which makes his boast even more of a flagrant misrepresentation of what's going on. We won't know what the real jobs picture is today until after businesses file their taxes and more complete jobs data emerges in the years ahead. But we really don't have to wait. Just look at the polls. Nobody is buying what Biden is selling because we all live in the real world. And that's about right. And you see these revisions every single month in these numbers, and you just have to shake your head and go, and this is just malarkey, what we're getting. Well, that's Bidenomics, right? That's truly Bidenomics. <laughs> I mean, be, that's be, Biden accounting, too. Yeah. Between that and, and of course, how, how he can't seem to state numbers correctly the first time out, million, billion, trillion, whatever, um, that's Bidenomics. Anytime he mentions a number, you guess it, Bidenomics is at play. Yeah. This is what a managed economy looks like. This is what the Biden administration is trying to do. And they're trying to, you don't have, this is not free, this is, this is managed economy. This is what's going on right now. Payrolls every single month in 2023 have been revised lower. Every single month. That's on purpose. So the numbers we're getting are just nonsense. It's insane. And no, it can, don't worry. He's doing a great job. He, know, he knows exactly what he's doing because he's doing it on purpose. Jonathan Pingle, chief U.S. economist at UBS, told the Wall Street Journal he thinks the level of non-farm payroll employment at the end of 2022 was likely too high by several hundred thousand and that the overstatement might have carried into 2023. Well, remember, we, we had that number where it was off by, what, a million? Remember they said they were 1.1 1. 1 or 1.2 million jobs? Ah, we were off by a million. That's not a little. That's almost all of it. Again, anybody living in this economy doesn't need to, um, doesn't need to even know what the numbers are. You, you have a lived experience in the Bidenomics economy and you know what it feels like and it's not good there's not a single person who can say they're better off today than they were two two years ago two and a half years ago when he took office specifically with the economy with what you spend how far your dollar goes what your retirement accounts look like what your monthly bills look like there's not a person i don't care who you voted for i don't care what side of the aisle you're on i don't care if you're it doesn't matter there's not a single person that could say they're better off all the airdropped money you got, that's all gone. Savings down, debt up. That's Bidenomics.
on the East Coast, 9 p.m., Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to do some more sports right after we do What Even Is That here with Rick Delgado. That's coming up. Aaron Fran holding it down as always. We'll get to some clips of Tucker's interview with Russell Brand here in hour two as well. Uh, we'll get into the four potential signs that we're winning the culture war against woke corporations. We started talking about that yesterday as well. We'll do that. Um, yeah, so lots to get to in hour two. We'll do more sports. We'll do more news. But now it is time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of what course, is that called? No, no, you don't. No, 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 no you don't interrupt. I don't no. interrupt. It's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, would be Rick Delgado with <clears throat> What Even Is That? All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And, you know, if you've been paying attention to the news this past week, well, all I can say is, wow. I mean, between the Supreme Court uh, rulings and the Biden family, there has been barely any news about... But a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, believe me, <laughs> I keep checking. When it comes to the news these days, there is always a balance between, let's see, a real news story, uh, mm-hmm. like the trans BLM shooter in Philadelphia that left five people dead, sure. and then, of course, a news story they want to distract you with. I mean, why else would you not reveal that a submarine you were looking for had actually imploded four days earlier? Yeah. You know, kind of like, like the Subway Sandwich promo board. That's why when this particular news story broke over the weekend, I said to myself, self, what even is that? Yeah. Because then I started to think, well, wait, I'm, I'm over 40, uh, maybe a little more. Uh, and I seem to remember a few other presidents who have, may have had a drug questions here or there in their past. So I did some digging. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And check it out. From Yahoo. Turns out over the past five, over the past five decades. History, yes. Yes. <laughs> drugs have been a common issue in presidential administrations. Oh. I mean, you could say this brings a whole new meaning to the words the White House. Yeah. Um, according to this from the Daily Mail, music legend Willie Nelson said he rolled a joint and then took it up to the White House roof and smoked it during the administration of Democratic President Jimmy Carter. Sure. Yes. Now, after the drugless Reagan and Bush one administrations, I'm sure most of us can remember Slick. <laughs> oh, yeah, Slick oh, Willie. Oh, Bill Clinton. Oh, BJ. <laughs> you remember him. And when oh, I was yeah. in England, I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and oh, I yeah. didn't like it. No. Nope. And didn't inhale. Yes, of course. Oh, I mean, they of never course inhale he did. these guys. No. <laughs> but not only was there the pot, but also the questions involving cocaine. And let's face it, with a wife like this... It's a brighter fun. Wow. Uh, maybe he did need a bump or two every now and then just to, you know, kind of get through, if you know what I mean. Plus, 
Uh, Clinton pardoned his half-brother, Roger Clinton, on the last day of office for what? Yeah. Well, a 1985 conviction for cocaine possession. Oh. Yes, and here's a snapshot of Roger, what he looks like today. As you can tell, he looks pretty good. I'm sure that was the last time Roger Clinton ever used coke. Now, we did have, now we did have President George W. Bush, when asked about reports of his drug use in the past, he famously said this, When I was young, I was irresponsible. I was young and irresponsible. So shame on you. Won't get fooled again. Um, and then, of course, from his successor, Barack Obama, who had this to say in 2001. Check this out. Got into fights. I uh, drank and did uh, and, and, and consumed uh, substances that... Uh, weren't always legal. Ah, and not only did President Obama admit to drug use, saying in his memoirs about doing a little blow, uh, but you also had people like Snoop Dogg, who said he smoked a blunt in the White House bathroom in 2013 sure. during a visit to the Obama administration. Or maybe it was a delivery. I don't know why he was there, to tell you the truth. So you can imagine when the story of cocaine found at the White House broke over the weekend, you can imagine we really didn't have to go out on a limb or get out in front of our skis to figure out whose cocaine this could possibly be. Well, And the way we're hearing about the investigation and how they probably won't be able to find out who is responsible for this, you can be sure we already know. Come on, you could say it's okay, they know. Yeah, that's because there are only two things we absolutely know for sure. Yeah. That's when they say a picture is worth a thousand words. You know damn well (laughs) that they're not talking about this picture because that picture needs way less than a thousand words. Yeah. I got just five words for you. Yes, that's right. And those five words are 2 a.m. Naked Hammer Fight Club. Yeah. The other thing we know for sure is that no matter what they try and tell us. It's probably Hunter's freaking Coke. (laughs) Damon, back to you. (laughs) All right. Rick Delgado (laughs) with uh, what even is that on a Friday night? Come on now. It's Thunderscope. (laughs) Sponsored by Arm and Hammer Naked (laughs) Detergent. Yeah, that's a good-looking tank top, too. It is a good-looking tank top. Naked Hammer Fight Club. Come on. That was good. All right, very good, Rick Delgado. What even is that? You can get that What Even Is That shirt over there. By the way, we've sent out a lot of What Even Is That shirts. It looks great in that uh, antique sapphire bluish color with the yeah. it looks good in that that's looks nice good color. in that color that's a nice color. over live from studio 6b.com you can get your what even is that shirts over there right now what even is that uh rick delgado very nice uh Thank let's do some sports sports is brought to you by our friend mike lindell and my pillow uh use our code lfs6b when you check out it'll save you 10 to sometimes 60 percent off most of the items there Great stuff from Lindell. Use our code. We appreciate when you do. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, Big D. Well, thousands take part in first running of the Bulls in Spain's San Fermin Festival. This is Pamplona, Spain, AP report. Thousands of three thrill seekers uh, took part Friday in the first running of the Bulls at the San Fermin Festival in the northern Spanish city of Pamplona. Uh, several runners took knocks and hard falls in the 8 a.m. event, but no one was gored by the beast. A 
frequent feature of the spectacle. The festival. <laughs> this sounds like Naked Hammer Fight Club. Yeah, this really does. Yeah, somebody right got, out of a page and out of Somebody got gored at the Pelosi household. You can you can bet your. <laughs> now the festival atta- attracts hundreds of thousands of tourists. Nearly 1.7 million people visited Pamplona for the celebrations in 2022, and forecasts are higher for this year with all COVID-19 constraints thankfully ended. In the run, six bulls guided by six tame oxen charged along a route through Pamplona's streets for around two, mi- two uh, minutes and 30 seconds before reaching the bullring. The festival was made famous by Ernest Hemingway's 1926 novel, The Sun Also Rises. This year marks the 100th anniversary of Hemingway's first visit to the festival. Friday's run was the first of eight scheduled. The rest of the day usually includes massive sessions of drinking, eating, and attending cultural events. Four runners were gored in the festival last year. 16 people have died in bull runs. <laughs> since. Or attending the hospital. I mean, it's just, what, what, have you ever, ever seen in, the footage of has this? Has anyone ever interviewed any of these people? What possesses? I, someone to think this is a good idea i heard it's a rush i heard it's so wild uh, people yeah, love it you they try and talk it. to them but they always speak in spanish i don't understand <laughs> yeah. the damn thing they're saying well um, no but i mean i just <laughs> but have you watched some of the uh, yeah. some of the footage the footage is amazing because uh, these people are, you know, let's face it. What's the old adage? You don't have to be the fastest one. You just have to, you just have to be able to beat that guy. Ah, that's um, a bunch of bull. Right? Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Well, Destin Navarra, an official tour guide group from the group's uh, visitors from the United said most of the people come from the United States and Canada. It represents 70% of its total bookings for this year's festival. So a big thing. You got Canadians and Americans heading down there. All right, so, Delgado, uh, enter next time. All right, we'll I'll send go. Joe over there. He'll bring his bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> how fast you can really ride. Right. Expert bull runners, mostly locals, try to sprint at full steam just in front of the bullhorns before peeling off at the last second. The inexperienced, the inexperienced a group that concludes most foreigners do well enough to scramble out of the way, often ending up in piles of fellow runners. Boy, it sounds like a real blast, you know? Almost everyone in Pamplona wears a traditional white shirt and pants with red sash and neckerchief during the colorful festival. So, wow, really just unbelievable. I got <laughs> and uh, with Michael Irvin, big uh, he's got a lawsuit. It could scale 100 million after fresh developments. <laughs> I get oh, you got a video? No, I mean, I just, I don't know why. <laughs> Look at this. Why? This, I mean, why would anyone want to do this? <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's funny is that in some of them, you'll see the guys like. If they're getting into a tight corner, they'll see a place they'll jump up high, and the bull will try and get them, and they'll just just miss them. Look at this. It's crazy. Oh, 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 he's down. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Fernando. <laughs> oh, no. It's getting crowded now. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. See, these guys are running out oh, of steam. Oh, look at this guy. Uh, they're starting to slow down. Yeah, uh, oh, he, oh, that yeah, guy just crowd, got trampled by oh, four bulls. Ba- oh, no. Oh, no. Now the crowd's backing up. Oh, yeah. See, oh, uh, there's Damon over there. You see him? <laughs> no, he's, he's just standing there, kind of watching. Yeah, he, he's not too bullish on the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bullish on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, Slick All right, well, I'll Michael Irvin lawsuit could scale $100 million after fresh developments in Cowboy Icon's case. This is from Zachary Roberts of Sports Skeed. Michael Irvin lawsuit, which was already going to be quite lucrative, could top $100 million after the latest 
latest development. To summarize, Irvin was accused of inappropriate behavior during the Super Bowl week at a Marriott hotel. He was subsequently dropped from the coverage and has since been suspended by ESPN. Irvin reportedly sought $100 million in damages, but that number is very likely to go up. A fourth claim for relief has a pretty, damaged, pretty damning language that could turn the tides in his favor. So, uh, you know, the defendant's actions were in, in, intentional aggravated and committed with an evil mind and intent to cause injury or in reckless and or deliberate disregard of an unjustifiably substantial risk of significant harm to Mr. Irvin. So they're saying that the hotel employee along with the hotel all colluded to, you know, really give Irvin a bad, obviously a bad uh, name and, and, and a bad story. I don't know if they ever really came out with any type of video on this big D other than him talking to her, but there was no, I don't think there was anything verbal that was said. Um, so it's really a crazy story, but man, uh, Irvin, he's lost a career basically. He's off NFL Network that had to be a good paying job. He's a, a, obviously a Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver on one of the greatest, if not the greatest franchise ever, the Cowboys. Not and uh, well, not one of the best. <laughs> yeah, but not, anyway, long story short, Big D, I'll see how this lawsuit pans out, but man, Mr. Irvin may be coming into some big money, but I think he's more about his name than he really is about the money, but we'll see. Yeah. That's very rapid. Well, you sports. know what? His name is the money. At this point, he's not he's not playing. No. So his name, what he's able to do maybe through sponsorships and stuff, yep. that's all affected. And he's had a storied past, speaking yeah. of cocaine and all that. He's had quite a run-in with all the lore and stuff. So we'll see where that all pans out. That's a wrap. All right, Slick Rick, we'll do some more sports and news when we get back. Corinne Jean-Pierre today was asked about Bidenomics, and uh, specifically in the African-American community. See what uh, she thinks of those numbers when we get back right after this. up here you did the tough thing during covid if you're a small business owner you paid your people you pulled your business through the pandemic and now doing the tough thing could qualify you up to twenty six thousand dollars per employee over at covidtaxrelief.org that's right government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during covid this is not a loan it's not a loan and you do not have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts over at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash that they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during covid let covidtaxrelief.org, all one word, covidtaxrelief.org, help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. Visit them today, covidtaxrelief.org. All right, let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold. As central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve, 
has been contemplating the same for right here in the good old U.S. of A. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or uh, even easily freeze or seize part of all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans like yourselves reach out to the Birch Gold Group. Because you want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax-sheltered in a retirement account would be just that. Learn if gold is right for you. Text America to 989898 and they'll send you a free information kit on gold. Our friends at Birch Gold Group have an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold has been helping listeners like you right here on Real America's Voice uh, from the very beginning. Text America to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Let's do some news and hear what the news mm. is. Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. All one word, EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. Go there. Use our promo code LFS6B if you want that early treatment pack, the ivermectin, the high-dose vitamin D. Uh, check it out. Use our code. So what's going on, Delgado? All right. Well, I don't know if you want to pull this up. It could be interesting if you had a picture to see this thing. But the first flying electric car called the Model A, has been approved by the FAA, and it's 100%, you guessed it, electric. It's under the experimental status. It comes from a company called LF Aeronautics, A-L-E-F, if you're looking it up at home. Uh, it revealed its flying car, the Model A. It was granted legal permission by the FAA to test run the vehicle on the road and in the sky, a move needed before it can be released to the public. LF is the first company to receive a special airworthiness certification from the FAA. And the company said in the news release, the certification limits the locations and purpose for which the vehicle is allowed to fly. The vehicle will also need to meet uh, National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration safety standards before taking flight. And uh, But the company's CEO, Jim Dukovny, says the company is hopeful that the certification will be the next step. And there goes the car. Did you see it? <laughs> I think that's just a... What? I think that's just a uh, simulation. <laughs> yeah, this is a video I saw from the from the uh, company's website. This looks like the Tom Cruise movie. It looks like the Jetsons that were moving in there. What's it yeah. called? Oh, um, Minority Report. Look at New York. There's oh, already man. traffic up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the uh, historical significance of the uh, of this cannot be overstated. The CEO said, while there have been pioneers uh, like Paul Mahler and Henry Ford, this is the first time a vehicle, in a traditional sense, parks and drives like a car, functions like a car, looks like a car, has received permission to fly. It also is important that Aleph is the first electric car which received permission to fly, and at least, but not the least, the ability to vertically take off is central to most people's conception of a flying car. So check that out. It's available for pre-order, believe it or not. The Santa Clara, California-based company posted on its website carrying one or two more, two occupants. The vehicle will sell for just uh, about $300,000. Uh, but I think they have a tax credit of like $7,000. that will help out. So there you go. I guess driving while high will be illegal now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The Biden, Bidens will love it. <laughs> I don't 
don't three. trust anyone on these roads with one of those things. <laughs> Are you kidding me? First I mean, of all, 300,000 wipes out two, you know, most of the country. but 300,000, and then uh, Model Z, 35,000. Planned for 2035. Planned for 2025. Short-term Model A, 300,000. Drone license or piloted. Occupancy, one or two persons. Yep. 200-mile drive, 110-mile flight. 110-mile flight. That's not bad. When you consider, uh, what's it to, to Philadelphia? Probably about, you know, from New York to Philly. Uh, you could probably do a New York to Philly right there. Take off in white-listed areas only. So this is like one big oh, drone that you get to sit in. <laughs> is that basically what we're looking at here, Fran? Would you ever get in one of these? No way. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. <laughs> you have a pilot's license? Maybe. That's well, you, you need one. Is there an ejector seat with a... I mean, I don't know. I don't like the fact that the cheaper model will hold more people. That seems wrong to me. <laughs> Four to six people. Four to six for the one that's only 35 grand. Is that the Aero minivan? Is that what that is? And it says that's got a 220-mile flight. 500 wow. on hydrogen. So is it a dirigible? Man, oh man, I'll tell you. Who knows? The world where our kids are going to grow up in and their kids are going to live in is going to be like something out of a movie. Yeah. Well, it already is. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, check this out. Switching gears a little bit. <laughs> Changing lanes. Over to uh, COVID vaccine autopsies find that 74% were caused by the vaccine. Study is removed within 24 hours. This is coming from The Lancet, believe it or not. The Lancet review of 325 autopsies after COVID vaccination found that 74% of the deaths were caused by the vaccine, and the study was removed then within 24 hours. The paper, a preprint of an awaiting peer review uh, study, is written by leading cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, Yale epidemiologist Dr. Harvey Risch, and their colleagues at the Wellness Company, and was published online Wednesday on a preprint site of the prestigious medical journal however 24 hours later the study was removed and a note appeared stating that this preprint has been removed by preprints and the lancet because the study's conclusions are not supported by the study's methodology while the study had not undergone any part of the peer review process the note implies it fell afoul of the screening criteria um it lists all the methods and such here throughout the study. Uh, the study does not appear to have been saved in the Internet Archive, but if you'd like to read it, there is a link on dailyseptic.org where you can click on it and read the link um, and see what more the study has to say. Dr. Claire Craig, a pathologist and co-chair of the Heart H-A-R-T Pandemic Advisory Group, says in her review, the approach taken in the study is sound, and that's what she told the Daily Septic, uh, skeptic, I should say <laughs> septic. septic. Interesting too. slip. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, the VAERS Royal system, the, the vaccine adverse event reporting is designed to alert the potential harms without necessarily being the best way of measuring the extent of those harms. However, this is this imperfect as, as a deficit of deaths would be expected after a period of excess deaths, making the accuracy of any baseline dubious, it says here. An alternative approach of auditing such deaths through autopsy, though the, the way they do it in the study from, from McCullough, they say here is sound because they're studying the deaths through the autopsy. So we'll see what happens uh, once this thing gets peer-reviewed and if it'll be uh, released again for wider consumption. 
uh, through the Lancet. Well, like I told you, all of these people are going to try to scurry away in the dark of night. The CDC director, now the latest one to do it in her cowardly way of leaving. And they're all going to try to do it as more of these reports come out over the next five, ten years. All right, live from Studio 6B, more news and sports. We'll, uh, a couple of clips from President Trump today in Iowa as well. And Tucker Carlson. All when we get back right after this. Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Friday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. Delgado's doing the news. Did a great What Even Is That? Aaron and Fran holding it down. You know, What Even Is That, by the way, if you want to see these What Even Is That's again, since we can't really put them on social media because you never know who's going to get offended, we put them all in our <laughs> Substack. LFS6B.substack.com, I believe, is the um, Substack um, where to go. Go to the subscribe to the Substack and you'll see all, all the What Even Is That's go up there. Uh, so if you want to see that tonight's uh, one, it'll be up there probably late tonight, if, if not by tomorrow. So you can rewatch all your What Even Is That's over there at uh, the Substack for LFS6B. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Make sure you head over to livefromstudio6b.com. Make sure you sign up as a member. Great stuff, great merch, great videos, live uh, streams. Other content will start going up there as well. The What Even Is That's are there as well, obviously. So... Uh, check that out as well. So a uh, couple things I want to get to, some video. Uh, first is Ben Berkwam. Ben Berkwam's got just unbelievable new video of just how bad it's getting and how the influx of migrants going all over this country, where they're, where they're headed, uh, just continues to be, as the government continues to make it easier and easier, now they've opened up a program that you can jump ahead of the line of uh, people waiting for green cards. So they're doing everything they can to try to make this as easy as possible. Um, and here's Ben's. You can play this full screen too, Aaron, because it's worth it. Here's, um, here's Ben Berkwam's new footage. Roll that. Uh, de donde son? Uh, yo Venezuela. Venezuela? Venezuela? Salvador. El Salvador, okay. CBP1? Sí. De donde son? Sí. El Salvador? De donde son? El Salvador? El Salvador? Haiti, CBP one, okay. Colombia, Venezuela, CBP one. Venezuela, CBP one. Venezuela, 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 Venezuela. Mexico, okay. Venezuela. Hola, de dónde son? Haiti. Where are you from? Russia. Russia. Yes. Russia. Wow. Uh, de donde vas? Uh, donde vas? Where are you going? Uh, New York? Uh, Philadelphia. California. What? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Florida. Florida. Haiti? 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 New York? Haiti? 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 De donde son? Colombia. Colombia. A donde vas? Nueva York. New York? Sí. Okay. Uh, Florida. Florida. Okay. Uh, He's going to Florida. De donde son? Where are you from? Haiti. Uh, Haiti. 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 Okay. Haiti. 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 
Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay, going to Pennsylvania. Ecuador. Ecuador. I don't have us. New Jersey. Philadelphia? No, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Yo en Florida. Florida? De donde son? Haiti. Haiti? Sí. CBP1. All CBP1. CBP1. De donde son? De Peru. Peru? Okay. De donde son? Honduras. Honduras? Familia? Familia? Tu familia? Sí. A donde vas? Alabama. Alabama? Alabama. Okay. Guatemala. Guatemala? A donde vas? A Nueva York. New York? Así es. Okay. Mexico. 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 Oh, you hear that? Mexico. 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 Uh, donde vas? McAllen. McAllen. Just to McAllen. Okay. Uh, Virginia. 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 Yo soy mexicano y voy a Florida. Florida. He's from Mexico going to Florida. ¿De dónde son? De Monterrey. Monterrey. So Mexico. Mexico. These are all from Mexico. ¿De uh, uh, dónde vas? Houston. Houston? 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 ¿De dónde son? De aquí de México. De Celaya. Celaya, México. México. Wow. So, there you have it, Steve. So, this whole group, and this is like this on every bridge just about uh, along the southern border. One of the interesting things to note here, there's actually more lined up down the way over here. The interesting things to note is how many people are actually coming from Mexico. The, the app they said originally was designed just for Central America. There's only four countries, but you can tell basically people are coming from everywhere. I met some guys on the other side of the bridge. Sorry, let me clean off the lens here. It's raining, so sorry about this live TV, guys. Um, on the other side, guys from Kyrgyzstan, from Kazakhstan, from Russia, uh, all sitting over there waiting from all over the world. So no matter what they're telling you out of Washington, D.C., guys, it's a lie. Where are you from? Kazakhstan. Where are you from? Kazakhstan. Venezuela. Venezuela. Where are you? China? Huh? Say it again. Of East Kyrgyzstan, okay. Donde son? Haiti? Haiti. Where are you from? No? You don't want to be on camera? Where are you from? Russia. Russia, okay. CBP1, huh? Okay, thank you. There you have it, guys. We got the line earlier, but this is happening every single day. What's interesting, uh, the, guy, the second guy from the front doesn't want to be on camera, but wants to get into our country. Isn't that ironic? Hmm. Unbelievable, right? Russia. Hmm. I, I, I didn't realize there was a Central America Russia. Coming from everywhere yep. to a neighborhood of, uh, near, you. near you. All over the United States. I mean, you think about the numbers we know, you could probably triple those numbers. Yeah. The Godaway's number we know, you could probably triple those numbers. I mean, I, I, you know, at some point, the numbers just, they just don't, you know, they're already to the point where they don't work. A country can't survive. A society can't survive. A civil society can't survive 12 million people a year stressing the system in every in, in every way be, speaking nothing of the danger of some of these people unvetted no idea where some of them are coming from what they're bringing plus we you know we allow what we want of course is obviously legal immigration we do a million or so if not more of that a year 
So just unbelievable footage and reporting by Ben again. Yeah, and, and what's really scary, and it, I don't know if you can make this tie, but who knows? Uh, who knows what the future holds? But take a look at what ha- what's going on currently in France, right? A couple of years ago, they were all, yeah, send us whoever you want. Come on in. Open border. Everybody rushed into France. Now look what they're dealing with today. According to the police, they're trying to keep the peace from these riots that have been going on for well over a week now. Um, it's not... It's not a riot, as some police are describing it. They're describing it as a war. And as one, one officer put it, he said, these, these, these people, these Muslims that came into the country, want to kill them. So, you know, there's the potential for everything to go wrong with stuff like this. And you're seeing it happen in France, particularly in Paris, where these riots are now infecting. They're, they're raging across the, the country, and now they're infecting these smaller towns. And these people are, they're basically, from what I've read, some of these towns, some of these, uh, some of these uh, areas are banned. The people are banding together to set up their own, quote unquote, militias to fight off these people coming in. It's been hard to know, though, what's real over there. I've seen a lot of different, I've seen kind of the 180 on the whole thing. I've seen footage, you know, and then you, then you talk to people who are there and go, the footage you're seeing is not, it's not what's going on here. Maybe it's you know towns to the north. It's not. It's not like uh, in downtown. You know, it's not uh, by the Eiffel Tower. Right. Well, yeah, not yet, but but it it is happening. Not, it's it's not that it's not happening. It's not happening where where people ex, you know th- all we think about when you hear about France is the Eiffel Tower, Champs Elysees, the, the Arc de Triomphe, all that stuff. But it's happening in the surrounding areas, and that's where most of the people live. You know, that's where most of the, most of the, the French people, um, the ones who aren't, uh, you know, the city dwellers, you know, the suburbs, basically, uh, that's where they live. And that's what's being taken over and destroyed. And it's scary because, again, like, like some of these officers are putting it, these, these guys are not, this is not a riot because, oh, somebody got shot. This is, he, he's described it as they're trying to kill us. It's as simple as that. And it's, I wouldn't want to be there right now, I'll tell you that much. Um, let's get to a couple other things here. Tucker Carlson went on with Russell Brand. I have not watched the whole thing. I've seen just a couple clips, but I thought a couple that you'd be interested in. Because uh, there's been a lot of talk about Tucker's relationship with Donald Trump, what he thinks, and they've covered that and a multitude of other uh, subjects. So here's, here's the couple from that interview. Where are you on Donald Trump now? And particularly perhaps how that relates to the emergence of radical anti-establishment figures within the Democrat Party, notably RFK. Uh, where am I on Trump now? Well, I, I love Trump, um, personally. I mean, I made a huge mistake in, last November in getting involved in American politics, something I've never done before, and making calls, you know, this guy's going to win. I think this is going to happen in this state. Meet your new governor, New York, stuff like And I was wrong on almost every call. Mm. I'm not a very astute political analyst. I'm not interested in politics. I never have been interested in politics. I'm interested in ideas. I'm interested in people. Um, And so there's a primary going on in the United States between Trump and a bunch of other people, primarily uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, but others, Vivek Ramaswamy, for example. And Mm. I haven't said word one about it. Don't plan to. Um, I, you know, I think looking back on this 10 years from now, assuming we're still around, 
uh, I think we're going to see Trump's emergence as as the most significant thing to happen in American politics in 100 years because he reoriented the Republican Party um, against the wishes of Republican leaders. Uh, but when I think about Trump right now, so it's July of 2023, you know, I'm struck by his foreign policy views. You know, Trump is the only person um, with stature in the Republican Party, really, who's saying, wait a second, you know, why are we supporting an endless war in Ukraine? And that, you know, leaving aside whether Trump's going to get the nomination or get elected president or would be a good president, you know, I can't even assess that. All I can say at this point is I'm so grateful that he has that position. He's right. And everyone in Washington's wrong. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And Trump is right on that question. And it's a big question. That war is reshaping the world. It's reshaping the economy of the world. It's reshaping populations. The ref I mean, I was just in Romania last week, you know, which is, of course, shares a border with Ukraine. It, the, the refugees in that region, the number of people killed in that war. I mean, Europe will never be the same because of this war. And it really matters. And Trump alone among popular figures in both parties understands that. And I'm grateful for it. Whether he gets the nomination or gets elected, you know, words really matter. Saying something true out loud matters. And he is saying true things about Ukraine and God bless him. That's how I. Yeah. Mm. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I can't wait to watch the whole thing because I'm a big fan of the Russell brand. Um, and of course, you know, Tucker. You know, he's he reached he's reached. You know, somebody's made it when they go by one name, and yeah. everybody knows who the heck you're talking about. I'm not interested in American politics. I never have been. That's an, that's it's an interesting statement given yeah. coming from him. You, you kind of shake your head and go, "Wait, what?" But but I can see what he's saying. I, I think no, yeah, I do too. I think it's, it's just, more the policies because that affects everything. He's interested in ideas and yeah. people. He's interested in the truth. Um. Yeah, but it's, it's, I'm sure it's a fascinating interview. I'm going to watch the whole thing over the weekend. So, All right, live from Studio 6P, a little more, uh, one more clip of Tucker. We'll do news and sports, wrap it up for a Friday night. to the hour live from studio 6p let's do some sports for wrap it up and here with that is slick rick rick amirati follow him on his social media at slick rick sports of course on getter truth twitter everywhere at slick rick sports and sports of course is brought to you by mike lindell and my pillow use our code lfs6p if you're going to shop there uh save gives you a great savings on great stuff from lindell lfs6p is the promo code to use slick rick what's going on i well busy sports weekend major league baseball big cincinnati reds milwaukee brewers series brewing tonight and uh, we also have a uh, s tukey from ultra maga and the get a chat says to me yo rick ufc this weekend is lit uh volkanovsky <laughs> versus rodriguez moreno versus pentoja whitaker versus Deplessis. fight card is a good one not to mention hall of famer robbie lawler ex-champ will fight his last fight versus nico price give me a shout out there's your shout out big one big i know big d will be watching tomorrow oh, yeah. he loves his ufc I'll be locked in yeah. every fight prelims first one of the night i'll be locked in all night this is 290 big d getting up there Woof, that duplessis fight i'm i'm really interested in the duplessis fight that's that uh, i've 
That That's a good a, fight. That should be a drag him out brawl. And let's get to Wimbledon. Carlos Alcaraz withstands errors to advance at Wimbledon. ESP, yes, and news services. Top seed Carlos Alcaraz moved into the third round at Wimbledon with a 6-4-7-6-6-3 win over 84th ranked Alexandra Muller on Friday, putting an ent- on an ent- entertainment if Edward-Strewn uh, performance on center court. Muller, 26, who spent most of his professional career on the second-tier challenge circuit, was able to pressure Alcaraz into an uncharacteristic 41 unforced errors, but the smiling young Spaniard's all-around game, a mixture of power and exquisite touch, was just too strong, so he took that match. In other men's action, third-seeded Daniel, Daniel uh, Medvedev advanced to the third round by beating Adrian Manorano, uh, 6-3-6-3-7-6. Medvedev's previous best effort at Wimbledon was the fourth round in 2021, but he thinks he's finally ready and feeling at home at the grass court grand slam. So I'll have a full recap on Monday with that. And uh, well, I got to, you know, you do a little entertainment on the show. I got to report it, Big D. Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian rumors intensify after Michael Rubin's Hamptons party. This is Jenna Lemoncelli of that great New York compost. Here we go. The sparks were apparently flying inside Michael Rubin's star-studded Hamptons bash over the holiday weekend. Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian were super flirty with each other at the Fanatics CEO's annual white party, a source told the Daily Mail. Alleg- uh, alleging the uh, duo was seen da- during the day uh, dancing and on the beach together as well. So, uh, I don't know, Big D. An insider claimed the retired NFL quarterback 45 is exactly Kardashian's type. Brady and Kardashian 42 have not yet Met publicly addressed the uh, recent report, and the future Hall of Famer and Skims founder will photograph separately throughout the night as they party with friends. So who knows, Big D? Something could be brewing with old <laughs> Kanye's ex-wife there, and oh. we'll see. I don't know. But, you see, uh, did you see this party? I mean, I mean, there's oh. a video of this party. Michael you know, Parsons was there. Huff, there's yeah. Kim. I mean, the, the, your boy from the Sixers is there, too, by oh, the way. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you got all the phonies <laughs> the there. I mean, you just got one phony. <laughs> get their brand. I mean, it's just a house full of phonies. Oh, uh, there's man. Tom. So, yeah, this is where they say this. There, there's Embiid right there. Embiid was there. Oh, there's yeah. Leo. And then you got all of them. Yep. All Woo, of them. Look at that. Yep. Party hardy. This is supposedly where it all went down. With the Bacardi. Yeah, that should be. That was something. That, yeah. Hot stuff. <laughs> all right, Big D. Well, that's a wrap. And I mean wrap in sports for the weekend. <laughs> all right, Slick Rick. Very good. Uh, let's do a little more news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. What's going on? All right. Well, the U.S. government, uh, well, they're not very happy with uh, not being able to censor you. So they filed an emergency stay request to keep censoring Americans on social media. Yes, the U.S. government filed the emergency stay to, to lift the recent injunction issued by the federal judge forbidding the government from violating the Americans from violating Americans' First Amendment rights by colluding with social media companies to censor their constitutionally protected free speech. In the emergency stay, the government contended that the injunction was vague. Uh, It sounds like it's pretty straightforward to me. And that the attorney generals could not show harm from censorship. I can. Uh, An argument that Judge Terry Dowdy had rejected multiple times in the past. Defendants respectively request that the court stay its July 4th preliminary injunction pending defendant 
independence appeal of the order. The government argued the government faces irreparable harm with each day. The injunction remains in effect as the injunction's broad scope and ambiguous terms, it says here, uh, may be read to prevent the government from engaging in a vast range of lawful and responsible conduct, none of which would include violating free speech. Uh, so the government has put it, put up the, they're putting up a fight, basically. Um, they're supposed to be defending the Constitution, but they're more, more seems to be uh, they like to focus on destroying it. Well, they need to be able to call down the old Zuck and say, hey, we don't like this. So yeah. they, they want to, you know, they yeah. can't call down to Musk because he'll give them a big middle finger and hang up on them because at least he's a patriot. Uh, but they want to be able to call down to Musk or whoever else down there at Snapchat or uh, Twitter, and, uh, not Twitter, but uh, Facebook yep. and Instagram and now Threads. Threads is already doing it. I've seen multiple people. Um, if you go to try to follow, let's say, uh, DC Drano on Threads, you're going to get a thing that says, are you sure you want to do this? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow. wow. Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny that you mentioned it because from just the new social media platform, Twitter warned rival Meta that it intended to protect its intellectual property rights following the latter's debut of Threads, a Twitter competitor, and linked to other Meta platforms. Twitter raised concerns that Meta may have improperly used its intellectual property and issued the firm a cease and desist letter yesterday. Twitter has serious concerns that Meta has engaged in systematic, willful, and unlawful mis- misappropriation of Twitter t- trade secrets and other intellectual property the letter read twitter went on on to note that meta had hired many of the company's former employees and tasked them with creating the copy to cat threads app twitter intends to strictly enforce its intellectual property rights and demands that meta take immediate steps to stop using any twitter trade secrets or highly confidential information yeah. So there's the fight brewing there. All right, one more here from um, Tucker on uh, elections in the U.S. Here it is from his interview at Russell Brand. Any violence on January 6th, I oppose. I've said that many times. I would was kind of happy to leave it where it was, which is this got completely out of hand. The only reason I ever got involved in commenting on it was, I mean, we did a show that night saying, well, this is awful, right, what happened? was the lying about it was immediate. This was a racist, white supremacist insurrection. Well, okay, there was no indication to this day that race had anything to do with it at all, like nothing. These are people who thought the election was stolen from them. There's some evidence they were right. We could debate that, but that's what they thought. That's a meaningful thing. If you've got a big population in your country that doesn't believe that your elections are on the level, you need to figure out a way to convince them that the elections are on the level or else you can't have democracy because it's a faith-based system. So that was the first thing I noticed. There was no effort at all to convince people, actually, electronic voting machines are secure, which they are not. By the way, that's a lie. In any country that has electronic voting machines is by definition at risk of having its elections stolen. By definition, no country that cared about democracy would have electronic voting machines, okay? First thing. But no one even, and by the way, many Democrats have made that point. Not now, but Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. There was no effort to reassure anybody. They immediately used it as a cudgel to make their political opponents shut up, and in a lot of cases, to send them to jail. So I noticed this, and I'm like, wait a second, nobody here is operating in good faith at all. They're just immediately lying, with maximum aggression. And anyone who asks questions about it, like me, and if you could go back and look at the tape, my first five shows on January 6th were like, well, yeah, it's bad, but I don't think you're telling the truth about what actually happened. Shut up! <laughs> Racist! <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's always the key for me. If It's like an infection. 
you know it's infected when it hurts. You press it, ah, you recoil. They immediately recoiled when you asked any questions about January 6th. Yeah. So there you go. Just a little, just a little glimpse. Uh, I encourage you to go watch the full thing, uh, Russell Brand. I think it's on Rumble right now on his uh, on his channel. I- I'm assuming it's got to be as good as those two clips are. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on Rumble. You, it probably won't be on YouTube uh, because they talk about things that YouTube doesn't allow. Yeah, kind of like censoring. Kind of like what even is that? Go go check that out tonight if you want to see it again. Right over on live from Studio6B.com. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B. Wow. (laughs) Bang! (laughs) Sound like a (laughs) moose.